It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host and uh, Excited, as always, to spend a time with you on a Sunday morning here on 94.1 on your radio dial. As I say, this is a show about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another. And uh, this is show number 1,164 today. We've been talking about a lot of things for all these years, but the thing that we keep in uh, focus is we talk about the church. We talk about the church and the kingdom of God and how it affects your family and my family, my life and your life. And uh, as I have uh, the last few times that I've been with you, it's just me. Uh, most of the time I have a guest in the studio with me, but today it's just us. And I like these times because it gives me a chance to just speak my heart and to talk about things that are important to me because as I said my theme is the church and how does this affect the church and the people of God and um, it just amazes me how that as time progresses you heard the old expression the more things change the more they stay the same but I've always had a feeling that there would come a Day when the Christian church would be under assault. And I believe that it is. And I heard somebody the other day uh, talking to, just listening on the radio, and they talked about they felt like that uh, uh, the Bible and uh, church was under assault. And I said, well, you know, I agree with that. And trying to discredit the Word of God. And uh, I'm a person that I've been involved in uh, church and the Word of God all my life, and this is this is who I am. This is just a part of who I am. I'm, I'm a I'm a Christian believer. I believe in God. I believe in the Christian faith. I believe in the Bible. I believe that God has given us His Word as His inspired Word, and that I believe that it's true. I was telling one of the young men in my Sunday school class uh, last Sunday to think about the Bible. We see it's the book of truth because you find a lot of stories in the Bible where people didn't always do right. And uh, there are times when people who we would consider to be heroes of our faith did some pretty bad things. But the Bible doesn't hide those things. It doesn't cover them up. It just, the Bible tells us the whole truth and nothing but the truth. I mean, you talk about the story of David Yes, David was a man of God. He was a man after God's own heart. God loved David, but David did some terrible things. And the Bible doesn't cover that up. The Bible doesn't try to hide that. It puts it right out there. So you can read it because when you read the Scripture, you you see the interaction between humanity and God. And you learn the very heart and nature of God. That's why it's so important that we read the scripture. But 
the thing that uh, I want to focus on today is is I understand that many people have turned away from the Christian faith, and unfortunately, most of them are young. And because when I go to churches and visit churches, I, I just can't help but to notice that we've all got gray hair. And where are the young people? Well, fortunately, there are some what we refer to as a lot of mega churches that young people are attracted to, and, and that's a good thing. I mean, I'm I'm not for people to be in the house of God, be it big or small. But there's a lot of small churches all across the landscape that won't be there in a few years if things don't change. And that's just the reality. And I know you say, well, Pastor King, you're just beating a dead horse here. Because I've talked about this before on this broadcast. This is not anything new. But somebody has got to uh, just tell it like it is so that solutions can be found and things can be changed. So that's kind of where we're going today. Let me remind you that, uh, well, today is church day. And, uh, well, I know not everybody goes to church on Sunday, but I do. And, of course, I'm a pastor. I pastor a church called Freedom Road Christian Ministry. And we're located at 720 Capital Circle Northeast in the Crescent Park Plaza. We are between um, Easterwood Drive, which is where you turn in to go into Tom Brown Park there. Follow on toward Park Avenue on Capital Circle Northeast, and you'll see our sign on the right-hand side of the road. Why don't you come out and worship with us today? You've got plenty of time. Uh, like I said, we start at 11.05. You've got a few hours to come on out and uh, come on into the time where we just go before the presence of God and worship Him. We uh, fellowship with one another. We sing songs of praise. And we hear the word of God proclaimed. So this is your personal invitation from the pastor. <laughs> and uh, I'll assure you one thing. You visit Freedom Road, you will not be ignored. You will be greeted. And uh, we want you to know how important it is that you uh, have a good experience in the house of God. So that's our goal We'd love to have you bring your family. We have Sunday school at uh, 10 o'clock for adults and young people. And so we have a ministry for those who, uh, well, whatever age. So let us know. I mean, how you don't have to let me know. Just show up. 11 o'clock, or 11.05, 720 Capital Circle, Northeast. Now, uh, just a reminder, if you... Uh, want to share this broadcast with a friend, then you can do so on the podcast. You can go to uh, just type in Pastor uh, Jack King Tallahassee, and it'll come up, and there's all kinds of content for you there to listen to both the uh, talk show and the daily broadcast that I do. So that's just a little little reminder to you. Let me go ahead and play a song for you, and this will kind of help uh, kick off our conversation today. It kind of gives you some insight as to where I'm thinking today. This is by a, a group called Greater Vision. The name of the song is Steel. It may be old-fashioned, but it's real. But now here's the thing. Yes, it's real to me, 
and it's real to many people of my generation. But there's many who have not experienced, a, as we say, a real, a real uh, encounter with God. Now, uh, I'm being sensitive to my podcast uh, family. There's folks who uh, listen to this broadcast on the podcast. They don't hear the songs because we don't put those on there because, of course, you know, all the hoops you'd have to go through to do that. So the song is talking about that uh, there's a generation that love church, love God, love to worship God, but uh, there's a new generation that's come along, and uh, they've abandoned all of that, and they don't uh, feel what you and I may feel if you're near my age or you're in my generation. When I think about going to church, I get all warm and fuzzy <laughs> because I love it. I love I love being in church. I love being around God's family. I look forward to it from one week to the next. Uh, I love going to um, like to our regional conferences with the other open Bible churches and, and fellowship in, in such a way. I just love being around God's people. But again, a new generation doesn't have that same experience. And and I've, I have made note of this uh, in teachings and things like that. Even with the children of Israel, let's say they left Egypt and they crossed over the Red Sea and they had that tremendous, tremendous miracle that took place of God parting the, the waters of the Red Sea and they went across on dry ground. They saw the hand of God. They saw God do something miraculous, and that fueled a generation. But there was a younger generation that grew up, and all they heard about was the crossing of the Red Sea and what God did and the tremendous miracle it was and, and, and all that. But when they crossed over the Jordan River, and they once again saw the hand of God, they saw the miraculous that fueled another generation. And so what I'm saying is that the, the younger generation that's growing up in a church needs to see the power of God. They need to see the hand of God. They need to see the miraculous. They need to see and experience the dynamics of a great outpouring of God's Spirit. And they have to embrace it and sense it and feel it themselves because just hearing about it, they lose something there. And we've seen this. We've seen it in the book of Judges where one generation rises up and uh, God raises up a leader to lead them and they'll throw off the shackles of, of whoever is oppressing them and then they'll, they'll serve God for a while and then it'll begin to wane as a new generation comes on the scene. We've seen that. And we've seen it in the church. So the question is, is it, what is it that will turn the tide? What is it that will cause a, a younger generation to want to be in the presence of God, to come together as a church, as a church family? What's going to change that in their mind? Well, something that uh, we've been talking about at Freedom Road, I've been uh, talking to my congregation about it. Several years ago, my wife and I, just sitting at the dining room table, just talking. 
And we're just talking about ministry, talking about church life and uh, um, how do you uh, make people understand that uh, there, there's work to be done. Jesus talks about this. He said the harvest is great, but he said the laborers are few. And, and it's interesting that Jesus was addressing that situation even in his time. And as my wife and I just talked through this, just, just as our hearts were just knit together here and we were just uh, feeling uh, a sense of God speaking here. And actually, we've been in ministry together for a long, long time. And we've, we've had many ups and downs and we've also seen tremendous things happen in ministry. And God began to show us some I say just to focus in on what are some very important ingredients. I'll use that word for lack of another. I don't know what better word would express it. Just very, very important in the, in the general dynamics of church life and Christian life and faith. And, of course, what tops the list is prayer and, and true prevailing prayer. And that's what... Uh, but the book of James says, he says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. But as I began to think about prayer, I realized that most of the time there's not a deep understanding of what prayer is really all about. Because there's uh, the, the show, a show prayer. <laughs> And that doesn't seem like a very good word to describe it either, but it's the prayers that we pray in church and sometimes maybe even the prayers that we pray around our dinner tables. Those are the prayers that everybody sees and, and they make note of. But the prevailing prayer is much deeper than that. And it's a concentration of time and effort. And also the importance of understanding that it's a spiritual thing. Praying is not easy. Praying and, and prevailing in prayer is, to me, probably the hardest thing that a human will ever do because there's so much oppression. There is a, uh, a strong, strong force, and I call it the force of darkness, that... Uh, does not like for a Christian person to pray and pray effectively. So there's spiritual opposition. It is very, very strong. It has very, very strong roots, and it reaches down deep within the heart of a soul. And uh, the, it, the, the point is that he does not, I'm talking about the enemy, he does not want somebody to break through. And that's what you have to do. You have to be able to break through that veil of darkness that is there to prevent a person from entering into that spiritual place. But when a person does, there's so much good that can come out of it. Because when you are in that spiritual place and, and you're there in the presence of God, Scripture says, ask what you will. That's what the Scripture says. He says, ask what you will and see the hand of God. He says, whatsoever you ask or shall ask, 
prayer, believing ye shall receive it. That's Matthew 21, 22. Let me read it to you again. Whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing we shall receive. But I don't think that's the, the surface prayer. I think that's the prevailing prayer, the type of prayer that Jesus would pray when he, he would want to separate himself from his disciples and from the crowds. That place where he would go to the, to the, to the garden or he'd go to the, the, the mountainside where he would be alone with God. And he would enter into that place that where many things are accomplished but understanding. And you think about the night that he went to the garden, and this is the night that he had to pray through. And uh, the forces of darkness were so intense in that place, in that, that garden area. I mean, it was, it was strong. And you know, you've read it. You've read about how that he, he perspired blood. I mean, the emotional, physical toil that it was taking on him to be able to have that type of prevailing prayer when he'd say, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. That's an amazing thing. But it's hard. It's hard because there are many, many forces that are in opposition to the church being that strong, mighty move of God, that army of God, equipped because we've been in the presence of God. And you think about it. Think about the congregation that you worship with. How many people do you suppose in the church that you attend have that type of a prayer life to where it's not just surface. It's down deep. It's going deep. It's going into where God is and where the presence of God is to where you have gotten on the other side of the spiritual forces that are against you. You, you, you have prevailed. You fought your way through. And now you're there where you, now you've got God's attention. And uh, uh, again, I don't know. I don't know how many people in your church would you say accomplishes that on a weekly basis? Well, we we look around and we see, well, we're in decline. And uh, young people are not going to church. Young people are not walking with Christ. Well, how are we going to change that if we cannot enter into the holiest of holies through prevailing prayer after we've battled through that spirit of darkness that wants to prevent a person? But to the flip side of that, you think, well, my goodness, wow, if if there were a bunch of people in my church that had that type of prayer life, it'd be amazing to see what could happen and how the people who perhaps had turned their back on the church, had turned their back up on God, becomes renewed because that... Uh, the church is being mighty, as Scripture says it, it can be, through passing through that veil of darkness, getting beyond that, fighting your way through to where 
your prayers are being heard. You're in the presence of God now. If God didn't care, it's the Booth Brothers. If my God, if my Lord didn't care. But he does. He does. He does care. And uh, my concerns are his concerns. And uh, the thing is, is that he has answers that oftentimes I don't have answers. That's why it's so important that I be a person of prayer and uh, to seek the Lord about things that are going on in this world because I don't understand everything. And, and a lot of times it's just a, a matter of me being patient to just trust God for a lot of things that's happening all around me that I don't understand. And uh, it, it, <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing at myself here, so please forgive me. Because sometimes I, I, I think, man, I'm just a silly old man. Because I do live in a different generation in, in my own mind. I mean, I, I've, I've enjoyed life. I, I have. I mean, my life has been, it has been a joy. It's been a privilege just to live it. But I've lived it in such a way that it's kind of simple. <laughs> I'm just a, I'm just a simple guy. And and uh, nowadays we're living in this seemingly complicated world where everything requires a computer. And uh, I have somewhat uh, uh, entered into the computer age out of necessity. Um, I'm recording this show on a computer because it got to where uh, nobody would take my cassette tapes anymore. And so, and also, um, I, I, after I've left the cassette tape uh, deal because uh, changing radio stations and the, the station said, we're just not going to take those. And so then I, uh, somebody gave me a CD recorder. And, uh, well, let's just say that's just pure devil. That's just all there is to it. Those things, they were the most cumbersome things, and they didn't work half the time. And then sometimes you do a whole show and you don't you don't have anything recorded because it didn't work right. And so, out of necessity, I had to go into the the realm of recording on a computer. And fortunately, I have some very talented children. <laughs> And uh, uh, my daughter, this Tabitha, she she just came down here and, and heard her husband. They set everything up for me, and then she just be, she's a teacher. She's a very good teacher because she taught me, and she's very very patient with me. And so, Daddy, this is what you have to do. And then she said she put her phone number up on the computer there on the computer computer screen, and she said, "Now, if you have any problems, just call me." And uh, for a long time, I'd, I'd constantly have to call her. And I finally just got to the point to where, no, I, I got it now. And I haven't had to call her for a long, long time. <laughs> because but what I'm saying is that in my mind, the simplicity of, of my faith has sustained me to have a relationship with God. And and it's a, uh, to me, it's just a beautiful thing. I, I'm, and I have confidence that I can pray and ask God 
the things, and he, he works in my life. But I also understand that there's consequences to rebellion and disobedience and sin. And uh, I've had to pray through at times, that God, forgive me of, of uh, things that, that you wouldn't be pleased with in my life because a lot of times I get busy, I get distracted, I don't, I don't enter into his presence like I should. But the thing is, for me to say, hey, I love worshiping God, I love singing hymns, all those things, that's, that's great for me. But what about this next generation that's behind me? Well, I know that uh, there are certain things that um, young people are drawn to, and very much it has to do with the, just the, the age. And, of course, in the, talking about the computer thing, now we have the, the devices. <laughs> they they got them in their hands, and these things have become such a distraction for a generation. And, and they really haven't been around all that long. You, you almost think that they've been here forever, but they haven't. I can remember the days when they were not a part of our everyday life. But it seems like a, we're kind of chained to them. Well, others more than me. I can set it aside. But uh, my point is simply this. Is that with that type of distraction going on in the life of our young people, how do we reach them for the gospel? Well, here's something you need to consider. That... Uh, in order to obtain something that would be important to you, oftentimes you have to sacrifice something that's of convenience in your life. In other words, this is what I like to do. I like to come home, if, if you're not retired. <laughs> Most of the people my age are retired. I'm not, and I don't think I ever will be. But people come home and say, well, I just want to relax. But what if there's something that you could do that might make a difference in reaching a generation? It may, it may be something like just spending time in your prayer closet and praying. It may be uh, something that uh, there's a place that you should go where there are people who are ministering to another generation and just meeting people and making contact with people and just expressing your faith. But see, that would be a sacrifice, and that would require giving. And that's the other thing, as I spoke about a few minutes ago, where my wife and I just just sitting around the dining room table just talking about church and church life and Christian life and Christian faith and how do you reach people, and you realize there are two aspects of it that are very, very uh, strong as far as showing our commitment. One is the, the prayer and the prevailing prayer and the, and the type of prayer where we, we pray through and, and we battle through the kingdom of darkness that is trying to keep you out of that prayer closet. But the second one is giving. Now, you say, well, what's money got to do with this? Well, it's, it's more than money. It's a, it's a mindset to say, I will give whatever it takes to reach a lost soul. Well, are we talking about money here? Well, it could be. But we also might be just talking about giving of your time and your abilities that you have to be able to make that happen. 
to reach outside of what is comfortable for you. Because most of the time, we, we're just people of routine. This is what we do every every evening. We, we plop down in that chair and uh, flip on the television or whatever it is that you do, and, and that's just your evening. And the fact that uh, maybe there's something I could be doing that might make a difference in the kingdom of God doesn't even occur to people. But the thing is, is that if we really care about a generation that would possibly be lost spiritually, if we really cared, we might want to do something about it. And that would require a commitment of time and energy and, yes, perhaps uh, investment of, of uh, finances to make things happen. Um, one of the things that you'll find when you study the life of Jesus in his ministry, he was compelled by something that was, uh, it, you have to, to read it to understand it, but he was compelled by his compassion. And it's, it's very clear that he had a great passion. He was very compassionate about people who had lost their way spiritually. And he was always reaching out to them. Now, you see, Jesus touched a lot of people through his ministry of healing. Because Jesus did have a healing ministry. And he had a ministry of, of uh, dealing with the demonic. He, could, he cast out devils. And that's, uh, I've expressed this in, in teachings before. When you realize that the ministry of Jesus bridged onto the ministry of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist had huge crowds coming and following him and listening to his teachings. But John the Baptist, his ministry was the ministry of baptism and repentance of sin. And also the proclaiming of the coming of the Messiah, which John himself said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the, of the world. And he says, He must increase, I must decrease. So John recognized the ministry of Jesus, but what was unique about the ministry of Jesus as compared to the ministry of John was that Jesus did miracles. Jesus healed people. Jesus uh, cast devils out. And uh, as a result of that, people were drawn. But why was it that Jesus would bring healing to someone? It's because he saw his suffering. He saw the suffering of these people, and he was moved with compassion, and his compassion compelled him to reach out and, and touch people and minister to people. Well, see, that, that, that passion has to be there. That, that, that compassion, it has to be a part of the church if we're going to reach another generation. You see, I... I'm, I'm, I'm mindful of a, of a situation where I was talking to a, a lady who's um, she's getting up in age, and she's been invo involved in her church since she was a teenager. And she told me the story about how she started going to this little church, and uh, she was raised by her grandparents. Her grandparents didn't go to church. And uh, she was invited uh, by somebody, a neighbor, 
to go to this little church. And she, like I said, she was just a, a probably, not, maybe not even a teenager yet. I'm not even sure. I mean, somewhere, so 11, 12, somewhere right in there. And she has been involved in that church all her life. And now she's, she's up, getting up there. And uh, the little church is in trouble because no young people are going there. The, all the congregation is uh, in their 70s, 80s, 90s. So you see where the future of this church is. So there was another church in the same county that wanted to come and partner with them. And they would send down people from their church and send down musicians and things to help reach the community that this church was in. And, and uh, this lady was, I mean, she was <laughs> very opposed to that idea because the um, the idea of giving up their power was a real hard thing for them to deal with. But even since that time, since this story was told to me, at least five years have passed. And I, I saw this lady not too long ago. And I asked her, I said, well, how are things going? And they, she began to tell me, well, we had some uh, uh, maintenance problems in the building. And uh, it talked about how that back years ago when this same thing had happened, that uh, they were younger and the congregation just pitched in and they, they took care of the situation. But now they, they can't do that. They cannot physically do these things. And you see where I'm going here. But the thing is, is that we have to be willing to pray, but not just to say, hey, we need to fill this church up. But there's a community all around that church building. There are people. The people didn't go away. They're just right down the street. But compassion would cause a Christian to say, hey, I've got to do something here. They're not coming to us. I've got to go to them. We've got to find a way to be able to, to talk to them and to share the love of Christ with them and to help them to understand the necessity of their own spiritual life and their own spiritual development. Well, these are, these are hard things for people to grab a hold of because we are often, we're, we're just kind of stuck. This is the way we've done it. And it used to be that uh, uh, things that, when I look back on some of the things that, that I've heard of church people have done, back when it was easier, when people were coming to churches. And you say, what a waste. What a waste, some of these things, because we got caught up in fussing and feuding with ourselves, and uh, we just let the whole world all around us drift off into that time of spiritual darkness. And it truly is, it's a tragedy. It really is. Prayer compassion, a willingness to make changes. This beat-up Bible Dusty on the shelf 
torn up Don't look like much But it'll get you through hell That'd be that Bible. <laughs> well, it's an interesting song. I thought you might enjoy it, but uh, the thing is, it's a, they were talking about getting out of the comfort zone and going to people who maybe had not heard or maybe they, they'd heard, but they hadn't accepted. That was not what they normally would do. <laughs> and uh, the description of the song, they talk about these people who, they knew that'd be the old Bible. They knew it. And uh, they spent a lot of time in it. But you see, sometimes we have to take what we take in. We have to take it to the world. And, and share it. These uh, things weigh on me because it's not just I just watch society <laughs> and uh, again I'm I'm generational because of my age and the way I grew up and and uh, the thing about it is that I've enjoyed life I've enjoyed the life the way I've lived life and I don't understand everything that's happening in in the culture. I just don't. But I do know this. The truths of Scripture and the things that that Scripture teaches us have not changed. And the fact that God loves humanity, that has not changed either. And God wants to reach people, and he wants to use us. And uh, I remember using the expression, I may have talked to you about it here on the radio, about it, how that... Uh, uh, you know, we pray for a revival. We pray that there would be a, a great spiritual renewal, and, and this has happened generation after generation. It, it's happened when there when there's a uh, coldness, people have gotten away from God, and then, then the Spirit of God comes in, people are renewed. But the question is, is, what do you do in the meantime? What do you do in the meantime when the when the, we're not in in times of fervent revival? Well, my response to that is you just have to be faithful. You just have to be faithful and do the things that you know are right to do everything you can to win as many as you can and have as much influence as you can in a, a generation all around you. The thing is, is that there has to be a boldness. There has to be a boldness in, in the the sharing of faith in order to be effective. And so often we're afraid we're going to hurt somebody's feelings. And so as a result of that, we, we just keep silent. We don't talk about faith. We don't talk about God and have a relationship with God because we're afraid, well, we're going to hurt their feelings. Well, i tell you what, uh, that's a pretty heavy price to pay to say that I would rather just let them go off into eternity outside of the presence of God, but at least their feelings didn't get hurt. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm leery of that concept because, again, compassion would drive us to want to be uh, a person who is seeking any way that we can to impart faith to a generation that desperately needs to hear the message of the gospel. 
And so let me uh, bring you up to speed on a couple of things here. First of all, don't forget uh, Saturday nights, the Saturday Night Gospel Sing. It's right here on 94.1. It's a full hour of great Southern gospel music. Starts at 7 o'clock from 7 to 8. And then also Monday through Friday here on 94.1 at 11 o'clock is the daily broadcast. It's the gospel on the radio broadcast. It's the daily Bible teaching that uh, we bring to you Monday through Friday. And also the church today. I am the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry, 720 Capital Circle Northeast. We start our service at 1105. We are 720 Capital Circle Northeast is between Easterwood Drive and Park Avenue. So if you're on Capital Circle heading toward Park Avenue, look on the right-hand side of the road. You'll see our sign there. And, uh, well, I believe that uh, well, you might just enjoy yourself. You come out and worship with us. This is by Ernie Haas and Signature Sound. He's got Amazing God. Hear the story. Amazing God, you're still amazing. Amazing God, you're still Amazing me. That's Ernie Haas and uh, Signature Sound here on the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I am I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host, and uh, I enjoy so much just having these conversations with you. I hope I've stirred some thought into you. Uh, scripture, Matthew um, chapter 25 and verse number 40. Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, ye have done it unto me and um, we've been talking about compassion and the compassion that caused me to get out of my comfort zone and uh, go talk to people who are outside of faith uh, interesting experiment here for you find somebody who uh, they don't go to church mom dad they just stopped going maybe they did it one time talk to the children and just ask them some very very simple questions about faith about the Bible, and you'll be amazed. You will be absolutely stunned. They will have no knowledge. And unfortunately, sometimes you can have that same conversation with kids who go to church, and sometimes you'll find the same response. That, that's, that's where we are. Um, compassion. We've talked about compassion and what drives us. Compassion definition is Pity for the suffering or uh, situations that a person is in. I had a friend one time, a gentleman that I knew. We were in meetings, and uh, this brother had a son who um, he was um, had some type of a rare disease. At that time, he was probably, the son was maybe 10 years old. And they knew, according to research and, and just experience, that he would not live to see 20, probably wouldn't even live to see 18. So they knew that his life expectancy was very, very short. 
But I heard this dad make this statement that has stuck with me for probably 20 years at least. He said, I would not trade. If I had, a, if there's a parent and they had a child and that child was lost and did not know the Lord and was not on the way to heaven, he said, I would not change. He said, my son, I know he will not live to see 20, but he knows the Lord. And when he dies, he will be in the arms of Jesus. He said, I would not trade with somebody who had a son or a daughter who was healthy otherwise, but outside of faith. He said, I would not change, would not exchange that circumstance. And so that stuck with me over all these years because the thing is, this, this, this thing about eternal life and this thing about spiritual life Spiritual development, this is real. This is real. Because the truth is, everybody is going to exit this earth one way or the other. And uh, the question is, what happens then? And that's where the heart of compassion steps in to those of us who are believers. Do we care? Do we care about the lost and the dying? And that would be the motivation for us to step out of our comfort zones. Maybe we have to make a few changes and uh, never to compromise the gospel, but do what's necessary to reach this generation that is outside of faith and is on a road of destruction spiritually. Does our compassion drive us to want to Maybe do something different when we come home in the evenings instead of just sitting down in the chair and flipping on the television. Maybe it would cause us to go to our knees in prevailing prayer or to go down the street and talk to a neighbor. Father, I pray over this radio audience. And I pray over these things we talked about today. Lord God, I pray for revival. I pray, God, that you would send the spirit of revival. But in the meantime, Lord, help us to be faithful. And help us to do all that we can do to make a difference. And Father, I pray over our churches today, our pastors. I pray for each and every one. And Father, if there be one outside of faith, Father, I pray that you would draw them in. Lord, I pray for America. And I pray, God, for peace here and peace around the world. And I pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem and in the nation of Israel. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.